Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeonhole Hockey, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And this is the fourth edition of the Goals Against Average, where we keep the conversation in the crease and talk with fellow netminders about anything and everything goaltending. On this episode, we want to welcome our special guest, Pro Netminder for the Michigan Independence Hockey League's Blue Water Stars, Jack Hudek. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, boys. I'm, I'm super excited to get on. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. I know you got, you're you heading into a season here, so the schedule's about to get really hectic really quick. And uh, we really appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, of course. Any anytime I get to talk the being being a goalie hockey, I'm all I'm all in for it. Well, Jack, uh, that that's the worst yeah. news you could have delivered because now we will be bothering you <laughs> weekly. <laughs> Go for it. I'm I'm here for it. All right, Jack. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your hockey life, my friend. Yeah, so like I have like a very interesting path. So I started playing hockey when or I started learning to skate when I was three years old. And then I started like learning the game of hockey at four years old, but from four all the way up until I was 18, I was a, I was a forward. So like I went throughout the in-house hockey, like didn't, didn't play travel or anything. Like I just did in, in-house in uh, Darien, Illinois. And then I played a couple spring seasons of high school hockey for my, for my local high school. So like I was all, I was all a forward throughout that time. So then when I, I think it was like my freshman year of high school when I was 14. One of my buddies who who was the start who's the starting goalie in the varsity for for the high school team wanted me to uh he's like you should try goalie and try try the gear on. So I, I did. And then ever since then I fell in love with it and like I mean I didn't go full-time goalie until 18. So like from 14 to 18 I was just doing like stick and pucks or like shinny hockey stuff like that just uh stay in the game of just learning the position of goaltending and then after high school after high school came I decided to go full-time goalie and it was pretty much men's league from 18 to 20 and then after that I tried to get I worked my way into the pros like at 21 like or like let's go back to college really quick like my college didn't have a team unfortunately so I didn't run or I didn't play hockey. I ran cross country and track for four years in NCAA division three. And then throughout, throughout college, like hockey's always been my go-to my number one sport, my, even, even when I was running, like it was always top priority for me. And I've always had the dream of playing professional hockey as a goalie, especially when I was playing for, like, I, I always knew I wanted to be a goalie and that plays that plays pro hockey. So uh, I went to a few like free agent camps when I was 21 and then uh, didn't, didn't make it, got cut there. Then I went when I was 22, went to like six, uh, was close, learned, learned a lot. And like, I got so much better that like, even the coach was like, you got a lot better, but you're just, you're just barely not there. And then this pet, this, like this summer, I went to the FPHL, the Federal Prospects Hockey League's free agent camp in Elmira, New York, a couple of weeks ago, and 
uh, pitched two shutouts in three games there. So, and, but like, unfortunately, like the spots aren't available because they have like four or five goalies going to, going to camp already for most of these teams. But like they're, all these coaches are interested and like said that I should be getting time in the fed, whether that be in some point or another throughout the season. So a free agent right now in the, in the FPHL, but uh, I also did sign, I mean, it wasn't announced yet, but I did sign the Michigan independence hockey league again for this coming season. All right. So that is an awesome tale (laughs) of how you became attendee. Um, actually makes me feel bad about myself because I was attendee <laughs> about the age of six going forward. <laughs> and you just pick, you just picked it up, but you know, from the sounds of it, you always wanted it and just never played it. So what, what made you hesitate to go into goal earlier on? I honestly do not know. Like I just, I just love, like I, I was a goal, goal scorer when I was playing, playing forward. So like, I always loved scoring goals and like, I still love going to the beer leagues and, playing playing out as forward and scoring goals as well but like I don't, I don't know why but like I've always played goalie in my basement when I played basement hockey with like my brother and my dad and like some of the family that would come over so like I always had like that niche for goaltending but I don't know why I picked it up so late I guess like once my friend told me to try it I instantly fell in love with it and I was like this is what I want to do even though I've known before but like it was like it made it like official Ah, uh, telling you, your though, blood. So, yeah, but as soon as you strap that gear on, right? Doesn't it yeah. just do something to you? Like it just puts you into that. Like I, I can't even describe it. Like the first time I strapped on the pads, I was just ready for it. You know, I, I and trust me that my gear was not pretty at all. Um, <laughs> go back and look at Ken Dryden's gear. That's what I was using. But it was just something about it. Getting on the ice, getting all geared up, and then stopping that first shot was huge. Now, one last question on this one, because we played a ton of basement hockey and our basement was unfinished. So it was concrete because my dad did that on purpose when we were younger because he wanted us to practice. And by the way, like to my mom and dad, I can't say I love you enough for allowing us to fire pucks against a concrete wall downstairs because you can imagine how that sounded if you were upstairs. But they put up with it. Oh yeah, dude. If, if you ever stripped that wall down, you're still going to see the, the net that was chalked in. Cause my dad never scrubbed it off and puck marks everywhere. Yeah. We weren't snipers though. They were mostly over the net, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, <laughs> we loved the unfinished basement because we would put shin pads on so we could slide in that. They give, you know, the, the feel of ice. Right. So uh, just describe just a little bit for me, your basement hockey, because we did a ton of that growing up too. Yeah, so it was, it was finished. So, like, we have carpet down. I'm actually in the basement right now. Just bringing back the memories. But, like, we have, like, a goal set of, like, the, like, street hockey set that we just put on one end of the basement. And then, like, we had, like, a whole thing where we'd literally turn it into a rink. So, like, we'd have, like, we'd move the couch back to, like, the far wall and put it, like, backwards. So, like, it's just, like, the front of the the smooth end of the couch and then we put mm-hmm. the net uh in front of that and like it'd be probably wouldn't be big but like it'd be enough to have a lot have some space and like we had like 10 people we had five on five going at one point but like mainly it'd just be like my brother and my dad against me and i'd double up as goalie and score goals so i've I always loved making making the saves and just 
I can't thank my my parents enough for giving me like the basement hockey aspect and just their all their support throughout the throughout my career so far. Really cool, man. Yeah, I think we all at some level or another played basement hockey. So I didn't necessarily play. Well, I actually did play basement hockey. Um, it, our house was not big. Uh, so, like, the fact that both of you got to play ice hockey as a kid in and of itself uh, is a luxury because our family didn't have the money to do that. So um, hockey wasn't an option for me. So I grew up playing street hockey, but also there was, there was basement hockey in there and plenty of it. When I used to babysit the boys down the street, we would definitely blow out some bulbs because it wasn't necessarily set up for it. But I kind of looked forward to it every couple of weeks because they would, you know, the the parents uh, would do their date night every other Saturday. The second we get in, we go down to the basement and it was just run and gun you know, basement hockey until they had to go to bed. So that's a uh, it was a lot of fun. So. Doug and Robbie, if you're listening to that, we should play some basement hockey, but I don't think your mom would appreciate the being blown <laughs> can, can you imagine? Like, because I'm thinking about oh, blown adults. Now I'd break a knee. <laughs> well, I'm laughing because Jackson he didn't have much room. Like, we didn't have a huge house; it was just unfinished, and there was an area over where the uh, hot water here was, right? Uh, the in yeah. the gas furnace. And we call that the danger zone because that's the only place you're allowed to wind up for slap shots. And we would always go back into danger zone. We had to make a rule. You could only do it so many times. My brother would just be ripping them at me, right? But, uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being our size now over there doing that. Man, we, we beat stuff up, you know, when we were kids, just like you were saying. Like, you know, there was, you know, bulbs being broken. Oh, geez, we had some stuff stored, dude. My grandmother had this, like, antique lamp. Oh man, we picked that thing apart accidentally. <laughs> you know, you could tell me to shoot at that damn thing. And, you know, at that age, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm missing it. But, you know, when I, when I absolutely did not want to hit it, oh yeah, I smoked that thing. I, I broke three parts of that lamp <laughs> easily. And then my parents would yell down, what was that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Quick, quickly clean up the mess and hope like hell they just don't look. So good times, good times, yeah. great memories. Yeah. Our, our ceiling tiles thing, like, are pretty broke as well. Like there's a bunch of like sticks going through the ceiling, <laughs> the ceiling tiles, stuff like that. Always from a slap shot or a celly, right? <laughs> yeah, the, the follow through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. And the street hockey thing, you know, doesn't get brought up enough because you know I was. Yeah, because you've talked about it a lot, Steve. Yeah, I know, but I'm, about, yeah. I'm just saying like, you know, today, like with the way I'm bringing it up is I, maybe I just phrased it wrong. It's just the kids that just don't play it as much as we did growing up. Like Wayne's world, the game on game off thing was a hundred percent something we constantly did. So when I saw that as a kid, I didn't even think it was funny. It was just, that's what you do. Yeah. A car's car coming, game off. Up. You know, as, <laughs> yeah. as a goalie, I dragged my net aside the car would go by and we, you know, game on, we drag the net back on and we just pick up where we were. And, and remember, we always had that one buddy though, right? When you said freeze, he would take that few extra steps. So he'd be a little <laughs> bit more clear and take off on you. Yeah. And then before it was even cleared, he's coming in for a shot. We always had that too, but I, the street hockey memories for me were some of the best, you know, because we had such a good group of young kids in our neighborhood. And I'm not kidding you. Like you could go, to you know one block over and sometimes there was another game going on because there was too many kids right so it just i call it like i grew up on mcmurray avenue and i called the guys now that i used to play street hockey with the mcmurray avenue gang I was trying to get them down here to arizona for a hockey game but never panned out yet but it was like some of the best times but that's where we learned a lot more of the game 
you know, a lot of stick handling stuff and, you know, the physical aspect of the game. Um, and kind of, it's kind of funny, Jack, when I played street hockey, I hated going in that. You know, ice hockey had to be in that street hockey, wanted nothing to do with it. Just nope, nope. I want to either be a defenseman or a forward in street <laughs> hockey. But anyway, the memories took over this podcast, Chris. <laughs> you know what? That's how they work, though. But again, he's getting into goaltending late. Like, you know, he's 18 to 20 when he really started considering taking the net and getting pads and i mean that's when i actually started to hit ice like real ice when i left home and, and bought my own ice hockey pads in the first i think the first couple practices um it was just figuring out what ice actually felt like on pads and it was what truthfully it sounds weird but it's what i thought it would feel like and it didn't take me a lot to transition in every other aspect of the game like reading the play and everything else i was like the high you know hockey iq i feel like i had it but and i felt the the leg movements in and of course at that point then just practicing all the things like t pushes were a son of a bitch um <laughs> but you know just trying to get some of these things down um but when you did the thing is like during practices when you're really not motivated to do it you don't really pick up on it but it's it's so awesome when it happens in a game and your body just that muscle memory just happened from practices and you're like, Oh my God, I did it. Whatever the move is, is, is in that people think goalies just stop pucks. There's so much involved to the movements, especially of our legs. Yeah. And that's what my friends so. say all the time. They're like you just stop the puck. Like there's nothing to it. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there really is. And that's why I had a jackass of a best player in the league that practiced with us one time. Yeah, when I was in England and that SOB was just like a goalie. You're supposed to like, everyone's doing laps. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm doing, I'm doing my pushes and everything. He's like, no, my team, the goalies do it like everyone else does. I'm like, well, if you need that physical <laughs> fitness to develop yourself, then you can go ahead and do that. But ice time in England is few and far between. And I only get a couple hours of it a week. I'm using it to develop my leg skill set, not yours. That's something yeah. he, he rifled every shot at my head. To the point where I really did the problem. The only problem with that game, because I love I love a good throwdown, Steve. We've heard the stories on this podcast, but <laughs> I had like tweaked my back or something like yep. earlier in the week doing Krav and I was just not feeling it. So when he was firing, I'm looking at my hand right now because I'm like still enraged with it. I was I was ready to throw the gloves down and just kick this guy's ass. All I wanted to do, but I'm thinking my back will not handle it. And so basically I just went to my captain and I'm like, if he fires one more puck at my fucking head, I'm leaving the ice. Like he's doing it on purpose and I'm not, I'm not handling it today. Cause they all kind of looked at me like normally they know how I'd handle it, but I just asked the captain, I'm like, could you just deal with this best player? And, and, and I don't know, piece of shit. Anyway. <laughs> so, but I got, I got to transition to one more question, Chris, because yeah. hearing Jack's yeah, yeah, yeah. background, you know, sparks a lot of stuff. So, how, did you feel that forward playing forward and being the goal scorer gave you an advantage when you went in goal? Yeah, I, I do. I do believe so. Cause like, obviously as a, as a goal scorer, as a forward, like you're like, look like when you, when you're shooting the puck, like you're looking at for areas to score. And like, obviously it translated like when I was a goalie, I was like, I, I know what I would see as a forward. And like, that's why like having like a camera or like a phone, like, just to record the sessions and all that, like make it so much easier because like 
um because like you're seeing it from like a for like a forward's point of view it's like what i would see like as a forward it's like i just go in watch the watch the video and be like oh like like if i was a forward like this is where i would go and then like i'd fix it like the next day or whenever my next ice session was like in in net so like i think it did have his have its advantages because like i know where guys are trying to shoot and like it just helps me like know where where to be able to if i should be a gr more aggressive than usual if i should be like mid crease mid depth or if i should be like n closer to the goal line so it all depends on like the situation yeah well, that's, you know, I said this to Chris before as well. When I was goaltending coaching, right, I would, you know, and this comes up multiple times in the podcast. Uh, Chris and I are old men that repeat stories now. But, um, yep. But yep, yep, the yep. playing certain levels of hockey, right? Because my dad, like, it, it's interesting hearing hockey over the years, too. I'll, I'll bridge in. Like, my dad, when he grew up, if you were playing and you scored on the goalie in warm-ups, you were benched. You never scored, scored on your goalie. And then somehow that got lost, right? Because, you know, when I was growing up, guys were coming in warm-ups and they're ripping their hardest shot at me to the point where I was yeah. injured. I don't know how many times pre-game because some guys unloading his, you know, his slap shot on me five feet out from, you know. From the, from you know, the uh, bottom yeah, of the circle. from the top of the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottom of the circle, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or hash marks, right? Even from like, the top of the circle, it doesn't matter. If it's, you're still no. too close in, especially during a practice. Or yeah, a warm up in a warm up like that. The whole idea is warm up, right? They just don't get that. If you want to fire them, let me get out of the net and let me take some shots. So that stupid mentality still is out there. You still see it happen. So when I was helping coach high school hockey, I would always watch the other tendy because players would go in and snipe their own tendy. And I would just go yeah. back to the bench report, boys. Here's where he's weak. Here's where their team was shooting. You know, look at that. And then. It was, um, you know, I'm a huge Canadians fan. And when Larry Robinson was with the uh, San Jose Sharks, I was watching Robinson on the bench and he was doing the exact same thing I did. It's not so much watching the goalie get sniped at that point, right? Because they're all pros, but just looking for a weakness on the goalie, looking to see if something was off in his game, right? Taking little notes and then going back in, you know, so um <laughs> Yeah, because I know you can pick up if the if the if a goalie has just just an issue. Like if if they're just weak moving from left to right, it could just be some sort of strain in the muscle on the I know one of the legs, right? Like the especially yeah. left yeah. off pushing leg if they're going left to right, and you're watching like every single time they go that route. I'm like, he's just letting it go. I'm, I don't know. I had a I I had I took one off the kneecap once in a warm up. Oh, yeah, I, I have to. Uh, oh, the, I thought I, I thought try, I try going back. back to back weeks and getting it in the knee in the kneecap. <laughs> I think I did. That was that was a bad rough. That was a rough one because yeah. I don't even think we had a backup available that game. So when that happened, I just saw my. Uh, it wasn't the captain, but he used to play with. Uh, oh fuck, Bork's kid, Chris Bork. Oh. He, he saw that because I it wasn't him that ripped it, but he was like he saw he came right over to me. He's like, I think the other team heard that. I'm like, everyone in the arena heard that. <laughs> like that I thought I snapped. I literally had to go off the ice and take my pad off to check my knee because I thought I'd cracked my kneecap. It was that bad. It, it that hurt. And it's time to talk about the one of the first sponsors for this episode, and that's going to be Raycon. Even if you're not able to join me in the blissfully cool Copenhagen climate this summer, you can still escape into that vacation state of mind. Whether you're spending your summer at training camp where you need some upbeat music to pump you up, 
or much like me, need to vibe out some Lord here on our sticky fingers, you can create your own summer soundtrack by popping in your Raycon wireless earbuds. The earbuds hat function allows me to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and awareness mode. Let me tell you right now, Raycons are the best way to listen as they come with custom gel tips for the most comfortable in-ear fit and have a 32-hour battery life, including eight hours of playtime, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time. They start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 30-day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, Pigeon Hockey Podcast listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. We want to thank Raycon for sponsoring this episode. So tell us about the uh, the Michigan Independence Hockey League. Yeah, so it's uh, so it start it was started in 2020, so right around the the pandemic year. It's like they, it's uh, it's a league all all based in Michigan. It's like all the teams are Michigan based. So it's Blue Water Stars, Muskegon Voyagers, Gaylord Snow, Waterford Sharks, uh, Hazel Park Warhawks. Uh, and we're we're adding they're adding Kalkaska Badlers in a, into the mix this year as well, so it's uh six teams now. They're looking to expand to like I think a couple more teams within the next couple years. So it's all about like main the team the players in the the league are mainly from Michigan that have played ACHA. Like there's some NAL guys or some like NCAA guys, some guys that play that have like Fed and SP coast there's even a guy that had an american league experience last year in the league so like it's a it's a wide range of different like skill levels but like it's still really good hockey and competitive and the league just keeps getting better and better every single year like this will be their fourth year and i believe this will be the most talented like the fastest the league will will have been in the last uh four years or three years before that like it's definitely definitely growing every single year and like it's getting that it's getting more and more more and more coverage every single year which is which is really good especially for a league that's looking to grow and looking to develop players to get uh the fed the sp wherever guys want to go and just help them develop yeah so you're talking about some of my old stomping grounds i went i grew up in sault st marie ontario which bordered to michigan so when you're bringing up some of these cities i know exactly what you're talking about and it was, you know, interesting, you know, playing at Lake State, seeing some of the great products coming out of Michigan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, it's the first time I've heard about this league, but there's, you know, you know what I mean? There's so much to talk about in hockey and with Chris and I right now uh, with junior hockey being pulled into that. I'm really fascinated in checking out the Michigan Independence Hockey League now. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a good good league, and like it keeps growing and growing. Like we like there's guys that play in the NAL the for their junior career, like the USP, just like junior leagues like that, and then like ACHA D one D two D three. So it's definitely a, a wide range, but they're all super good hockey players. So where where can you actually watch the games? Yeah, so like unfortunately, like a. Some of the teams don't have like the broadcasting, like some teams do. Like last year in Port Huron with Blue Water, we didn't have anything to broadcast. But when we went to Waterford to visit the Sharks, they had it on YouTube. When we went to Muskegon with the Voyagers, they had like a radio station that they like called the game. And I believe they had YouTube or something like that as well. And, uh, so like it, it's either on YouTube or like some teams have a radio broadcast that they just call the game as they see it live. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, because I know that's a that's a popular way to get the games right now for as we were talking before the podcast, uh, ACHA games is uh the, you know the broadcast on YouTube um, because uh, that really picked up by anything like um, I think Hockey TV has now been acquired by Flow Hockey, so yeah. I have to figure out my subscription there. But um, but yeah, so wait for some of these other leagues like that one, uh, like the MIHL uh, to get covered. Cause I'm telling you if, if the MIHL can get coverage, like what is it? The, I think like this Vegas golden Knights beer league is on. Cause it's always like super late night games and you know, a bunch of guys were in a bunch of different jerseys. <laughs> like uh, that got, that gets coverage on hockey TV. Um, that's, so that's sick actually. Yeah. And so, and you can watch it and, you know, like, like you said, you can watch like the U nines and you can watch, you know, the, the 50 pluses. So <laughs> what would it be that it would, it wouldn't be, well, U 60. Uh, what league would you play? In, Steve? Something like that. Dude, I have to be up to, with, with how bad my knees and my hips are right now. My back. I mean, the U nineties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 dude, I'm not even kidding you. Just so, uh, so you, so last season, uh, you mentioned playing with the Blue Water Stars. Tell us a bit more about the organization as well as your last year and what led you to the Boardway Award for Goalie of the Year. Yeah, so it was the it was the first season for the Blue Water Stars last season. So like obviously we're we're a newer team. Like we had to get like all the like the sponsorships and everything. But the the organization overall was great. Like I I love being a part of that organization. And like it was, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Like learned, learned a lot about about like myself and the league and everything. Obviously last year, but like I think some of the, like we didn't have the greatest track record overall. Like we got into the league late, so like we played literally half the amount of games of every other team. So like we're pretty shorthanded there, but we definitely struggled. But every single game, we got better and better and. Like by the end of the season, like we're a good collective unit that like would go through a brick wall for every everyone on that team. And you saw that you saw that in the playoffs as well. Like we lost in the in the semifinals two games to nothing, but we we won the wild card game. So we got into the semis because of that. But uh learned a lot that season. Like my my first game, I remember I I was nervous. Like I was like I it, on the ice, I was shaking. Like my legs were just shaking. Like I couldn't really get a good feel for, for anything really, because like I was like overthinking and all that. But I faced, I went fifty-one of fifty-eight. We lost seven-three. So I faced fifty-eight shots in my first, first MIHL game. So that was quite the experience and quite the learning experience that you're that I can't I can't think I can't think about anything. I just got to go play my game and not uh, and just keep everything simple because like I know every, every game after that I was going to be under the fire and facing a ton of rubber, which I probably averaged 60 to 70 shots a night. So dear God, it's almost like you're playing a lot of rubber. Oh, man, yeah. It sounds like you're a Q, a Q goalie, man. Holy cow. Yeah. That's... I was facing a lot, a lot of rubber that season. <laughs> How dehydrated were you every night? <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're like, I, I, I I remember those games where you had to stop an obscene amount of shots and being exhausted. So, holy cow, dude. 
Like uh, I, I would have been interested to see what what your weight was pregame and postgame, just to say because yeah, I've heard... I, pro- I probably lost like ten pounds every game. <laughs> Gee, dear God, man. Well, yeah, I was I wasn't I wasn't actually that dehydrated. Like I, I knew that I had to hydrate a lot throughout that throughout the like the day and like the week before. So like I would just hydrate, 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 and then uh, and then come game time. I'd go through a water bottle a period though. So like I'd fill up my water like three different times throughout the game. But like at the end of the like, especially towards the middle of the season, like I obviously got used to it and everything and like it wasn't that big of a deal. But like at the beginning it was for sure. It was definitely tiring. Now, how is your game though when you're not I'd be interested to see how your game is when you don't take as many shots. Because do you know those goaltenders in the NHL where they thrive on lots of shots? You know, and then they can't stay focused. And then all of a sudden the game when they get 10 shots, they're letting five or six in. Um, You know, it's that's that interesting phenomenon, right? Like, uh, do you enjoy getting peppered with that amount of shots? Yeah, I actually I actually did enjoy getting that amount of shots. Like, obviously, I like it for my hips or my groins or anything like that. But other than that, like, I enjoyed it because, like, it made me stay in the game and it made me be dialed the entire game. Like, if you have one thought that came into your mind throughout the game that wasn't hockey or the next shot like you're screwed and so like I just had to I just learned how to stay focused throughout all 60 minutes of the game just uh say and at like one shot one shot one save mentality like I'm all I am is all I'm doing is just focusing on the next shot and the next save that I'm gonna make and whatever whatever happens after that happens and just go goes with that but like uh, in the wild card game i only faced 20 25 shots so that was the least amount of shots i faced so that was a that was a great game we won four two so 23 for 25 that game nice so yeah so then it so that's interesting that it really the amount of shots help keep you focused and you're able to keep that focus going forward in the games where you're getting less shots so that's an interesting perspective yeah, definitely, definitely keeps you keeps you in the game. That's for sure. Yeah, and I remember like my uh, you mentioned starting your first game there, and then the shaking knees and shaking legs, and uh, yeah, for all the years that I mean, I played a, some in North Dakota, nothing crazy or serious, and then uh, played some in Canada against. Really, I mean, it's Canada, right? So. Yeah, you know, you, you you I ended up I was a rental goalie there because I just couldn't commit to a team. My schedule was too nuts, and I remember leaving the ice the the one time and in locker room afterwards. I just apparently I looked at someone a little bit too long. The other guy's like, he's on the Red Wings. I'm like, that's who he is. <laughs> like that's why we won so good. <laughs> I was, I'm like I'm like ah oh, that's right. It was uh it was I don't know who he was at this point. That was so many years ago, but he was playing with the Red Wings. And uh, but they come back to play with their buddies in their buddies' leagues. They just come back and they play yeah. recreational hockey and it's fun. And uh it, but I started getting injured too and then I got to DC and I just kept up with the groin injuries and stuff, so I gave it up and I just decided I retired and when I moved to England, people figured out I was a goalie and a couple of my buddies at work were like trying to convince me like yeah you got to join this team we really need a backup goalie i didn't want to return i had my pads but i'm like all right because you never really give those up yeah Steve. no i i'm like all right let me hit the ice again and it had been a few years since i had hit the ice and i remember the one guy came up he's like you've been a goalie i'm like yes i've i've been a goalie <laughs> it's been a few years just let me get my legs underneath me 
and it did. And sure enough, you know, we, we played some friendlies. That's what they called them against other teams. Cause it was the, I, don't know, I think the league, it was under the NIHL and that's like the national like ice hockey league in England, English ice hockey, something, but we were in one of their subdivisions. Cause that's like their semi pro league. Cause they got the pro yeah. league. Uh, the, you know, they had like the Coventry Blaze and Nottingham Panthers and and Steve's Cardiff Devils. But, you know, then there was like the, the leagues that feed into that. So basically, you know, the the AHL, so to speak, uh, of England, uh, yeah. and that was the NIHL. And then there was the sub leagues. And that's I played in one of the sub leagues because it wasn't a beer league. We didn't play in our we had a home rink and that was in Oxford. But then we um played in we went all over the we went all over the country. We played in Wales. We played in Scotland. We played all over England. It was fun. Um, most of the time, sometimes it was not fun, <laughs> but, but it was fun most of the time. But yeah, that first game I played in, I think it was basing Stoke. Our first game official, like it matters for points. Uh, they gave me the start and I was, I was, I probably could have shit a brick. It was, <laughs> it was, I was nervous because I'm like, this actually means something. It gets points. So let's talk about another one of this episode's sponsors, DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 or score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts, Kansas. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10 plus legal requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com baseball terms. Thank you, DraftKings, for sponsoring this podcast. So, you're from like the Chicago-ish area. What's your favorite NHL team? Yeah, my favorite NHL team is the obviously the Chicago Blackhawks. It's got to be. Okay. Yeah, I figured you came <laughs> from Chicago. I looked. I'm like, he's probably Blackhawks fan. Yeah, so, oh, that's yeah, pretty absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, as soon as he said he was from Illinois, I'm like, yeah, that's that's a given. So uh, who's part, your it depends on the part of Illinois though, because if you're from Southern Illinois. Uh, very much could have been blues, but once I saw the, the what was oh. Downers Grove, right? Oh. You just yeah. heard him. You just heard him vomit a little bit in his mouth when you <laughs> said that, Chris. <laughs> oh, I'm a Cardinals fan. I, I lived in St. Louis for a few years. Go Cardinals, and don't even start me on the Cubs. I'm not going down that road. Good. Wait, Cubs right. or White Sox? Uh, if if they played against each other, White Sox. But like, I don't. I'm not one okay. of those fans where it's like, oh, I hate the Cubs. Like, I'm. I'm a Chicago fan, so like I like the Cubs and the Sox. I go to both of their games, but like if they okay. played each other like they did last week, I was a White Sox fan. Okay. <laughs> All right, go Cardinals. All right. So <laughs> who's your favorite NHL player? My favorite NHL player, I'm gonna go forward or a player and then a goalie. So I'm gonna go Patrick Kane, obviously, for a player. And then for goalie, I either have to go Mark Andre Fleury or Andre Vasilevsky. Nice. 
Flower power. And honestly, I love, I, I, I don't think I dislike, well, Flower is one of my favorite goalies of all time now. So he's, he's I, just I so fun. Like he, he, yeah, it looks like he doesn't even take the game seriously, but he does. But like just the stuff he does is, is like his mind is so relaxed and everything. And that's why he plays. That's why he's such an unreal goaltender. Yeah. He, he is a, he is a unique character. And I think that's why uh, a lot of us goalies, most of us goalies are, I would say fans of flower power, but, uh, there's there's some of you out there that don't matter, um, but uh, you know <laughs> yeah. I love Flurry. Yeah, we, we don't <laughs> like those people. Yeah, I, I saw I saw him play one game, one game for us. So at least I got to see him play live in person once. So that that was that was awesome. You know, you like a goalie so much that honestly, that started with me. It's like as a Buffalo kid, like just the one of the first posters I ever bought because you know it was the 90s uh it was like a martin broder poster and that's a ball yeah that's, that's a poster i had up on my wall and i hate the devils but i was a huge broder fan and i mean i have of course steve and i have a sick addiction to jerseys but you know for me to have a pittsburgh penguins jersey with flurry on it i hate the penguins but flurry's just it's flurry it's flurry so it didn't matter so i'm so glad when he went to vegas because then i got a a Vegas Golden Knights flurry jersey, but I'll just let it rest there because we all know how that story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're going to see angry Chris come on out. So, uh, yes. yes are we going to jump into the no? Yes, we are. List? All right. We I'm going to go so, last because you know me, it's not going to be a simple answer. No, it won't. Uh, I'll, so go, that's I'll, I'll, go, I'll go second. I'll go second. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see how it's done. I want, I want you to go first. Uh, the hostess right, well, with the most is on is on is on the clock. Who's your who who's your five, Chris? All right, so I got to explain to the listeners what's happening here because they have no idea. But so basically, I saw something on Instagram or Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's called. Somebody put out a thing of like you know, submit your five team no trade list, and I'm like, okay, this is the hockey shit I love. I love this stuff. So I told you boys we're gonna have it at some point, and here it is, like five or six weeks later. It's so you're, we're all submitting our five team, no trade list. So, you know, pick with the team you're playing for, you know, your, your favorite team. So Buffalo, Chicago, Montreal, whatever, and then submit your five team, no trade list. You're being traded. You have to leave, but you got a no movement clause where you can submit five teams. You're not willing to go to, and we're going to have to give our explanations as to why my five team, no trade list. Um, so I'm going to go in order here of, they just made it. Um, and that's going to be the Dallas stars. I don't want to live in Texas. I don't care how big everything is in Texas. I've been there. I don't want to live. I don't like the heat. I don't see the appeal. I, I love the Jersey. I will say that love the Jersey, but I think as a Buffalo Sabres fan, I can't <laughs> No, I'm not playing in Dallas, but it's too hot. And the history in my bloodline just says no. Then the Columbus blue jackets. It's Ohio. Ohio doesn't exist. Then Edmonton. Because why would you ever want to live in Edmonton? It's cold, too cold. And yes, Steve, there is a too cold for me. Trust me. But it's got to be something around with the cold. There's got to be something. And uh, therefore, Edmonton doesn't make the list. Next up, Detroit. <laughs> I don't know if I need to explain why. Um, sorry, Michigan. But um, I think I would not be very happy living in Detroit right now. Would love to meet Iserman. But... Yeah, it's about where that ends. And then finally, Winterpeg, because of its, I guess, the city's reputation. And 
I don't know all this I have to say about Winnipeg. I just think for me, it's about the lifestyle. So the reason I picked these cities is I don't think I would enjoy living in, you know, and again, Dallas just made the list, but I don't think I would enjoy living in Dallas, Columbus, Edmonton, Detroit, or Winnipeg. I don't think I would ever purposefully move to any one of these cities. Now I will say, I will caveat this by saying if I was good enough to play in the NHL, I didn't, I wouldn't care if I'm good enough to play in the ECHL or any league pro pro, I don't care. Put me in the ECHL, AHL, NHL, uh, any Swiss team at Switzerland. There's not a bad place to live. So I would say if I could, if I was good enough to play pro, I would be, I would, I would pick Winnipeg still. I don't care. I love the Jersey, but if I was good enough to be in the NHL already and be so good that I had a no movement clause, uh, I would, I would turn down these five cities. So that's my caveat. No, 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 no shade at any one of those cities except Columbus because Ohio doesn't exist. You're up, Jack. Yeah, so, uh, like, so, like, obviously, like, I'm the same way you are. Like, if I got the chance to go to the NHL, like, I'd go anywhere. Like, anywhere, like, I told any, like, any league I go to, I'm going anywhere. But uh, for this, for this game, I'm going number one, Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I, I forgot who said it, but, uh, like, like, I, I enjoy the media and everything, but, like, I've heard nothing but like things about Toronto and like how like they're the media over is in Toronto. It's like, that's like the main reason why I'm not going to Toronto. Like that, things just seem off there. No, like no offense to the, to the team or anything like that, but like, I just don't want to go through the Toronto media and all that. Number two for me would be the St. Louis blues because obviously it's a big rivalry for the Blackhawks. So not, not going there. St. Louis is off the table. Love, love the city and everything, but no, not going there. Then next Arizona coyotes. I mean, they're playing in the college arena, like with 4,000 fans, like, and triggers, the the logo is the logo is like, isn't even the, the main logo in in that arena. It's ASU. That's the main, that's the main arena for the sun devils. uh, the Sun Devils, so Coyotes off the table. There, I mean, I will say the atmosphere is probably unreal there because of how small the rink is, but it's still a college rink, and I'm not going for that. You're playing the NHL, you're playing the show. Get a get a rink that is NHL caliber. Then the next one is uh, Ottawa Senators. I mean, Ooh. I just. Nothing, nothing against against Ottawa, but like I just don't feel like that'd be a place to go because it's like because I'm pretty sure they speak a lot of French over there, and I'm not a big French guy, so I don't know. So they'd probably be speaking French to me, and I wouldn't have no idea what they're saying. Oh no, Ottawa's great. I love yeah, Ottawa. I lived city. there for four years. It's a beautiful really? city. Uh, the oh, yeah. rink, the rink is in the the saddest part of the city, Canada, uh, but. You know, whatever. I wouldn't live in Canada. But that rink is getting that that new rink that was part of the deal. It's going to get built, right? So where's it getting built? <laughs> um, downtown. So that was where all downtown part... though. Yeah, I've got to look at on up though. But it's that was the whole part of the buying process. Was it the right? place where Mech is? I swear, it went into the neighborhood where they have Mech. I'm I'm not sure. Like I said, I have to look up what the details were. But that was part of this whole purchase agreement, right? Was to get that done. I'm so disappointed. Ryan Reynolds is not it. I just don't think he wanted to pay a bill. He didn't want to pay a billion dollars for it, dude. That's why. 
Like that's NCC that's... extends due diligence period with Ottawa Senators. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay, the no new idea. Ottawa Arena. Oh, sorry. You have one more team, don't you? I'm sorry. We're just. Yeah, I have, one, I have one more team, and it's Detroit Red Wings. Like, obviously, another yeah. huge rivalry of the, of the Hawks. <laughs> so, not not going there. And, like, I've driven past Detroit plenty of times, and it's just an eerie city. I'm glad you made it out the other side. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> So that, right, that Steve, you're up. I got, I got a story for you. I got a story well, for we, you. So we both camera. agree on Detroit. So we overlapped on Detroit there. So <laughs> I got I got a story for you guys after we're done the episode about Detroit. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a good. I one. I know the story, <laughs> but uh, Jack doesn't. So, okay. all right. So uh, my five team list. Okay, man, this is based on. Uh, it's not really about the city because you guys are talking about lifestyle. Right. And I, I, yes, I know we all got the same mentality. Like, yeah, if I had to go, if I was NHL caliber and I was picked by one of these teams, Oh hell yeah, I'm going there. My first one's Philly because that management, everything up in there right now, it's chaos. Like that team's chaos. It was just like bad decision after bad decision for, I don't know the last how many years. Right. So until that team gets settled, I would not want anything to do with it um, at all. This is not a shot at you, Chris, but the next one's the Washington oh, Capitals. I, oh, okay. And it's only because they're on the downswing now, right? They're a team, you know, much like, in my opinion, the Pittsburgh Penguins who are going all in for two more years, and then they're going to have to blow it up, you know? But the Capitals, in my opinion, are already there. Um, that is the East is a beast, and that's going to be a so tough. If you want to win a cup, that's what you're going for right now. Yeah, well, win a cup or be somewhere that I can really grow with the team at that point because the Capitals, okay. Capitals are in limbo, and you can't argue that right now. They're yeah, in that. No, hundred no, percent. You're right. Uh, next one is Tampa, only because there's no way in hell I'm beating Vasilevsky out of that damn net. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> All right, <laughs> there it okay. is. I got a follow up story on that one, so <laughs> follow me up on the Vasilevsky thing. All right, uh, next one is Winnipeg. And that's all because of the locker room issues, right? You, you, yeah. we've heard nothing but negativity when they drop a guy from a captain and then they buy out his contract and he's gone. And there's still guys there that I've heard are toxic in the locker room, not an environment I want to be in, you know? So that one kind of shaped that one for me. And like, look again, I would go to Winnipeg in a heartbeat and hopefully that trade for Dubois balances it out. We'll see how it goes this year. But I still think you're going to see some, you know, some issues from that. And the last one is Columbus. And it's, again, I, I don't, I've heard nothing. I haven't, that's one arena I really want to go to because I heard it's, you know, lined with restaurants and bars all the way down to the arena. I've heard uh, lots of good things about it, but it's still in Ohio. Yeah. And I, again, I can say that about Ohio too, but for them, it's, this is the season for me to see if this team really shapes up. Right. Um, you know, and really performs last year, they severely underperformed. No, I don't think anybody predicted them to be as bad as they were, but they had injury issues, you know, and a few other things. So now with a top prospect, that's definitely going to crack that lineup. Um, that's where I would want to see, because the truth is if you're attendee, that's coming into the league, that's a team that you absolutely could crack. So that's the way I would look at it. But the same as you guys, like, look, if, if I made the league and I got drafted by Philly, I'm going to Philly. You're not going to see me, Eric Lindros, this at all, like going to Philly, you know, a hundred percent. So kind of funny that I bring up Lindros and Philly, right? 
Guy could have got a cup in Quebec or, you know, with the avalanche, but hey, there yeah. it is. So that's yep. my list uh, for those reasons. But you know what? Because I'm overly complicating things. I'm like, okay, am I taking it as a perspective as I'm an old tendy that's going as a backup? Or am I the young, fresh guy coming in with, you know, wide eyes and ready to go? So well, I like that we all kind of took it a different, like, I think me and Jack kind of um, took it as where we'd want to live to a, to a point. I think, you know, yeah. he mentioned that St. Louis is a great city, but he could never see himself in a blues uniform. So there were still some personal biases there in terms of, I couldn't do it. Like for me, Dallas, I just didn't, if it's hot and it's literally, I just don't see the appeal of living anywhere in that area. Um, so I just, for me, it was about what lifestyle would I want? So it's no, no shade directly at the teams, uh, but really just where they're located. And I know you're like, Oh, well, what about Buffalo? Well, as a Buffalo kid, Buffalo has, I know Buffalo. So why would I not want to play in Buffalo? Oh, yeah, it but it's your home. It's like, it's, it's hometown yeah. area, right? Like yeah. for me, you know, the red wings weren't knocked off. Like I didn't cheer for the wings, but the rings, the, you know, Detroit's five hours from Sault Ste. Marie. Right. So it wasn't knocked off my list. You didn't see me put Toronto on there, right? Um, right. Toronto was actually no. Toronto was in my top half. Yeah, Toronto was just made my top half because I literally yeah, but- decided to rank. I was, I was, I when I decided we do this, I just decided I'd rank them all. So I actually really considered each city, and I'm like, okay. So I was actually surprised Arizona wasn't in the bottom five because I immediately put it there, and I'm like, no, let me really look at this. And no, Arizona climbed itself up to 21st. So, so but he, wow. just so you fans know, yeah. too, I guarantee Chris spent hours on this I did. <laughs> and analyzing and reanalyzing, <laughs> just so everybody knows my list. I literally just threw it together. I'm like, let me pull up the teams and look right now. And the, the truth, though, is because I've been obsessing over cat friendly, love cat friendly and just looking. I know at, I was on it again last night. Oh, it's just looking at the teams that are in trouble <laughs> right now with, with the cap. And like, I'll go back to Toronto one more time. My goodness, you're still almost three million over you've got to sign Matthews and Nylander. Oh my goodness. Like it's not only that, but again, I think it's a, which I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too long. I want to say very quickly, the whole Vasilevsky thing. I was playing my NHL 20, whatever I'm on right now. 23. Uh, that's the newest one, right? What year yeah. is it? Yeah. So NHL 20, 23. Uh, yeah. Not and 24. So, is it NHL 24 20? is the newest one? I think. Oh, well, the last one I just played, um, I, I do the whole thing where you can get drafted. And so I've been, I've played through all the leagues and then I got drafted by Tampa and I'm like, Oh, come on. This isn't fair. Cause I immediately you're, was thinking the second they asked me, Yeah. And I thought, no, I want to get traded. I don't want to play in Tampa because I'm stuck behind Vasilevsky and I'm not going to get any ice time. So I'm like yeah. of all the teams that drafted me, I got drafted by Tampa. So I, I understood immediately when you said that, Steve, you have to compete with Vasilevsky. It's not happening. Well, like, look, but, my uh, mind would have been, you guys would have been shocked if Carey Price was 100% healthy and Carey Price locked in Carey Price. I would have said no to Montreal because I'm like, I'm not getting in a playoff game. <laughs> There's no well, way. Okay. And so what about I, a top five? A huh? top five huh? that I would want to What five cities to? would you, number one, want to play? Like, it, this should be easy. Like, trying to pick the five cities you don't want to play on, you have to think on, but your five cities that you would play right, in. I can throw this out really Do quick. M- Montreal. Yeah, really Montreal is my number one would want to go play in Montreal. Number two is Ottawa. Yeah. um, Up and coming area. Number three is Arizona because living here, what everybody doesn't get is, you know, how great it is in the fall, winter and spring months. It's, it's, it's amazing. 
you know, and that's why there's going to be a big change in that. Um, Chicago, I would want to go to, I don't like, again, so this is not a knock at you, Jack at all, or anybody. I just didn't like that whole, you know, series of issues they went through. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but I love it because it's a hockey city that's revived that loves the team. Right. So, yeah. and it's my dad's favorite team. And then last one would be the Colorado avalanche. Just, you know, it's kind of that bias because Patrick Waugh got traded there, but it's an, but I went to a live game there too. And it was a lot of fun. You know, so did I, is that only four that I mentioned? No, that was five. That was mentioned Montreal, Ottawa, um, Arizona, Chicago, Chicago and Colorado. Colorado. There we go. Okay. All right. What about you, Jack? For me, it'd be Vegas. Like that atmosphere is unreal. Pittsburgh because the winning, the winning culture there when they won the back-to-backs and everything. Uh, Washington. Just love the love the city over there, uh, Tampa, because another rich hockey culture, winning winning organization there, and then Seattle, because it's new new up and coming franchise, and the West Coast over there is on is beautiful. I would imagine like I haven't gone over there, but like I've heard nothing but good things over there. Oh, it's it's beautiful, and that's why that's why. Well, I won't say my list is heavily West because it's not, but. Um... My fifth favorite one would be Colorado because it's Denver area and all the hiking. And again, for me, it's all lifestyle. I just love everything about, you know, I'm not a big, biggest fan of the organization. Sorry, Michelle. I'm not a biggest fan of the organization, but I mean, it's Colorado. Uh, for me, yeah. number four would be the Ottawa Senators because Ottawa is a beautiful city. It's, I, I, I can't really knock Ottawa on anything. I, I, I Ottawa is beautiful. Number three would be Montreal because it's Montreal. Steve, I didn't grow up as a Habs fan, but I'd live in Montreal in a heartbeat. And you know, it's, it's in my, it's in my city considerations right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, number two would be Seattle uh, because it's Seattle. It's beautiful. Um, mountains, ocean, what, what not to love about it. But number one overall would be Vancouver because it's Vancouver. Um, I, I love the West Coast and that's why Vancouver, Seattle and Colorado got in there. But then uh, when you talk about how just beautiful the cities of Ottawa and Montreal are and and again, I think all my cities are pretty rich in hockey culture. Seattle's up and coming, but I mean, that's a pretty sick setup they got going on right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving what they're doing there, but uh, I know we're getting close to the end of this podcast, boys. There's this one thing I want to mention, Chris, cause this is yeah. now NHL related. And yeah. I saw his name is Grant McKaig. He's a, he's a former scout and he brought this up and it's interesting. Um, the rookie tournament this year with buffalo and montreal it's gonna be a good one dude oh yeah there's a ton of young talent on both teams that's gonna oh, be yeah. a fun one yeah i'm excited for that i'm i'm excited for a lot i'm for right now i'm really i'm deep into the junior hockey world so yep. i'm i i am you know just i am st- i'm stoked for the upcoming season i don't know how else to put it uh when these even when these preseason matches happen here in a couple weeks i will be i will be locked in uh, we're going to be doing our uh, USPHL after dark um, draft here real soon. Uh, I think the first draft day for you listeners, we're going to be drafting on like September 2nd or 3rd, if we can find a date in that episode should be released shortly thereafter. And then draft day two will be the following week. Um, and then I'm out of my Copenhagen apartment and I'm, you know, technically at that point homeless until we figure out where we're living. But um I will be. I won't be able to see a lot of the beginning of the junior hockey. The fact that we're literally moving out of this apartment the day 
the first games. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I just need good internet at the hotel we end up in. That's that's all I ask because, and and, and your boys watching and listening. I might not see your saves, so you've got to just give me some video times on what will be flow hockey. Uh, just give me some video time so that I can I can see the saves, uh, the goals I'll be able to watch. If if everything continues to be as accurate as it was on hockey TV, I can pull up the exact times for goals. But I probably, especially for the first half of the season, won't be able to watch um, every game from the West this year. So you guys are going to have to, you know, let me know what your saves are. Otherwise, I won't. I probably won't see them. So if if you're upset with the fact that you know. This kid off of Lake Tahoe save ended up as number one in the month when you had an amazing save. Well, you didn't let me see it, so <laughs> I didn't see it. Uh, it's it's going to be a rough season for me in the beginning of the season. So you guys are going to have to reach out and let me know uh, your 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 best plays of the game and the best plays of the weekend so that uh, I have a chance to see them. But I think this is a great place to wrap this up, boys. And so we again want to thank our special guest, Netminder, for the MIHL's Blue Water Stars, Jack Hudek, for jumping on the show with us today. Yeah, I, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed doing this, and thanks, boys, for having me. No, thanks for jumping on. It was great having you on. And as you can tell, by the way we're talking, we could literally go on for hours, but you listeners yeah. wouldn't tune into that. So, <laughs> uh, we also do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in to this latest edition of Pigeon Hockey's Goals Against Average. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date. And reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey worlds and wish to get on a future podcast. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.